what was the deal with this guy, right? He, he really did not get it. Like, he didn't understand how insane those prizes were that Kevin was getting away, giving away. He really didn't get it. Um, guys, I don't think we really get it. I don't think we really understand how big of a deal salvation is. It's, it's a pretty big deal. Um, we're going to read out of Matthew 13, verse 40, 44, where Jesus is actually, he's trying to explain to like a lot of people how big of a deal the kingdom of heaven is. And Jesus has been to heaven, so he knows what it's like. In fact, I dare say he maybe even helped God build some mansions, right? So Jesus legit knows how cool heaven is. And when he comes down here to earth, he's looking at all of these blank faces, and he's like, okay, I gotta describe this thing that is like anything you could ever imagine. Like, what are some words that I can use to describe this? And he's thinking, and he can't even use normal, normal descriptions. He's gotta come up with weird stories, right, that are cryptic, and you have to decode, because he's like, how in the world and I'm going, am I going to tell these people and get them to understand how insane heaven is gonna be with God? And so this, this is kind of where he lands, and it's kind of weird, and it's kind of rough, but it's in Matthew 14. Matthew 14, or 13, sorry, verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy therefore goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. So Jesus, what he comes up with to describe the kingdom of heaven, he comes up with a treasure, right? These guys are just like poor farmers and fishermen and stuff. And he's like, okay, you guys dig in fields, right? That's something you do, I'm sure. Imagine you were digging in a field and he can't even describe what the treasure is. He's just like, imagine it was a treasure that was... It was so spectacular that when you, the second you looked at it, you were like, it literally doesn't matter how much my house is worth. I know this is worth more. Like, literally, you, you, God didn't even have to calculate. Like, he didn't sit down and like, pull out his calculator. Okay, so I have the car, and I got the house, and he just added it all up. He didn't do that. He was like, oh, my word. Whoa. Okay, there's nothing I have at home that could even come close to being as valuable as this right here. And he went and sold everything he had. This little parable, all right, this little story is what Jesus tells us. It's like when we come in contact with salvation. And I'll be honest, everybody, kind of based on like my personal story, and actually, individuals that I've been around who've gotten saved, I didn't really see that. Like, I saw some people who were pretty excited, right? Maybe even a little bit of, oh, you know, dumping up and down, right? But someone who just legit, like, oh my gosh, like, I got to go home and sell everything I have because nothing is worth this. I actually, I've never seen that. And that actually, 
That bugs me quite a bit, guys, actually, because Jesus said that's how we're supposed to respond. And so when I read this, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, Emma. That's my wife. I'm like, I don't know, Emma. Like, it seems like we should probably sell everything we have because it says that's how we're supposed to respond. He didn't say, again, kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, and when a guy found it, he was excited. No! He's like, oh my word, he freaked out so much, he sold everything he had and bought that field. He says that. And so, I don't like, I kind of want that. Like, I don't know how to, like, make that happen. Like, I don't know how to just get that excited about the gospel, but I kind of want to be that excited about the gospel. So let me... If we're honest, let's really try and think about what it would look like in our per- real life 2021, thank God, um, uh, real life, what it looks like in our lives here in this day if we actually were as excited as this guy was. What would that actually look like? Right? I don't think my wife and I would spend our evenings watching Netflix, Hulu actually, we subs- canceled our subscription to Netflix because they put in garbage up or whatever. Whatever, because we're holy Christians, right? Whatever. Um, it's dumb. But w- I don't think we would spend our evenings watching Hulu, which we do. We love Bones. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, we just became friends. Uh, but I don't think we would do that. I don't know. Like we, Let me see here. On the list of things that we could do, I don't think that would be on there. Right? So thinking about my life, I think there's a lot of things that I would do differently. If, um, I think there would be a lot of things that I would do differently if I actually was excited as this guy was about the kingdom of heaven. Um, and part of that proof comes from the fact, and I realized this a couple weeks ago and it really legit bugged me, comes from the fact that I've been sitting where you guys are before, just week in and week out. Like, I've got to move this table so you guys can legit see how idiot, idiotic this is. I've been sitting there just like this. Right? While Larry's preaching. I just I try and stay awake, you know. You know, thinking about what I'm having for lunch or whatever. Or just really enjoying the fact that I don't have kids crawling on me right now. Like just Yeah. Yeah, I preach it, Larry. Right? Okay. And Larry, all the while, okay, all the while Larry is standing right here. Right here. And he's like He's like, hey guys, Jesus loves you, right? And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, I heard the song. Yeah, no, I heard that song, so I know that. That's true. And yet, I know for a fact, right, because it says there in Matthew uh, 13, I know for a fact that if I legit understood how insane it is that Jesus loves me, the second, the second Larry said that from the pulpit, I would do this. I would go, what? Are you kidding me? God? God loves me? I know me, and I'm pretty yucky and stupid. I know me, because I've lived with me for 25 years. And poor, my poor wife has lived with me for five, right? I'm pretty horrible. 
I'm not that great. I would freak out. You know those, those beasts? They're sitting at the throne of God right now. The ones with like the seven eyes and like way too many wings that you would ever need, right? They've got all the wings and all the eyes that everyone needs, right? They're sitting at the throne of God right now and they have been there since the dawn of time and the only thing they can think to say is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain because they're literally like, I can't think of any other place that I should be or any other words that I should be saying other than those because like, oh my word, God, you're holy. And like, woe is me. Like that's all they can say for all of eternity. And if one of those beasts saw me sitting there like this, they would be like, dude, what are you doing? Larry just said that God loved you. You're supposed to freak out. And, and the second I heard that, I should have run down the aisle and just shook in Larry's or shaking Larry's hand like mad and be like, dude, I got to go sell everything. I'll see you later, man. I got to go. And just grabbed Emma's hand screaming, you know, and be like, we got to go, Emma. That's, I think, how I would have responded if I actually would have legit understood what that meant, that God loved me, right? Because, well, I don't know. That kind of makes sense. And you know the really annoying, kind of annoying part about this is there's nothing that Larry could say that would legit make me understand it. In fact, I told this to Larry a couple weeks ago. I was like, Larry, I was like, you could legit take your Bible and beat me over the face with it and be like, dude, he loves you, man. And I still would be like, I don't get it. Like, that's cool and all, but why are you doing this, right? Like, I wouldn't understand there's nothing that Larry could say that would get me to just like, just like, oh, I get it. Wow, yeah. Like, and I wish that was the case. Man, if it took a beating from the face, then yeah, sign me up. If that's all it took, yeah, I would take that, right? To just like make it click, right? But there's nothing he could say, right? And in fact, so it reminds me, I have a good buddy of mine in the Coast Guard, and uh, he used to be on my boat, and he's in school now. And I was talking to him on the phone a couple weeks ago, and... We were just talking about God and stuff, and at one point in time, uh, I told him a story of a homeless guy I knew that uh, through a series of crazy, wonderful, amazing events, God gave me the opportunity to lead him to the Lord, and it was nuts because I'd witnessed to this homeless friend of mine before, and for whatever reason, this one moment when I witnessed to him this time, I witnessed the gospel to him in a really simple, stupid, elementary kind of way. Literally just like, yeah, God, he loves us, and he died, and that's, he wants to take your sin. Like, I just kind of summed it up, you know? And I actually told him this little story about, I told him this little story about, hey, dude, so you're kind of a, like a miserable wretch, right? Like, you're just a homeless guy. You're, you don't got a lot going on for you, right? And I was like, so imagine if you called me up. He, has, he had my number. Imagine if you called me up, and you said, hey, I'm in jail, right? And they're going to kill me because I did something really messed up. Like, I just want to talk about it. Right? I was like, imagine if I then, on the phone with you, said, oh my gosh, dude, I don't want you to die. And I pointed to my little girl. We were, we were at, like, Denny's or whatever. I pointed to my little girl, and I was like, and then what if I told you, Corey, that was the homeless guy's name, what if I told you, Corey, that I was going to send my daughter down to the jailhouse, and they were going to kill her, and then you were going to come live in my house forever? For the rest of your life, eating my food, 
sitting your dirty butt on my table, right? Maybe not on my table. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, right? I told him that, and it was really simple, and it was elementary, and it was just like a really basic kind of understanding of the way those dynamics work, and he just like got it. He just like understood. He was like, it was like someone conked him over the head. He was just like, wow, like, yeah, that's nuts. I get it, right? And it, it wasn't a fancy way that I put it. It was just like, yeah, God loves you, and he died for you. It'd kind of be like this, and he was like, wow, right? So it's this like supernatural thing that has to happen. But anyways, I told this story to my buddy on the phone, the one who's in school, right, who's in the Coast Guard. And I told him the story again. He was like, yeah, it's a really cool story. And I was like, yeah, except for like there's a couple issues with the analogy that I gave about this homeless dude, me and my daughter, right? I was like, first of all, it's my son, right? It would be my son, right? And so I tried to tweak the story a little bit to make it line up a little bit more. And... And after a few minutes, just like a few minutes of trying to change this analogy so that it better fits what we experience with God, after just a few minutes of changing this analogy, I was like, it just got so stupid and idiotic. I was like, four minutes later, I was like, okay, no, no, no. So you're Hitler, and I'm the president, and then we, it's not my, and he's like, he's like, what? Like, I was, because I was trying to change the analogy and just trying to be like, okay, well, it's not like I'm the president, because he's more like a king. Okay, but he's supernatural. It's so like a king witch. I No, not a witch. A king wizard. I, I was just trying to change the analogy so it better fit what God and I are going through right now. And he just got stupid. He was like, that's just kind of dumb. Like, I'm Hitler and you're, wait, what? Right? It just got dumb. And then finally, I told him on the phone, I was like, dude, I was like, you know what? I give up because there's no analogy that I can give you guys right now that properly describes how insane it is that the God of the universe gave his son for me. There's nothing other than actually what I just said, <laughs> right? Like you just have to go straight to that. You're like, well, yeah, I know it's, it's really hard for you to understand. And there's nothing like it you'll ever see ever in the existence of your entire existence. But imagine there's this super powerful being who gave his son for you. Right? Like, there's no way we can describe it. That's one of the reasons why Larry, Larry can get up here every single Sunday, and he can just be like, guys, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Right? And it doesn't matter how he says it, right, or how fancy he makes the analogy. Your analogies are cool, by the way, Larry, but they're never, ever, ever going to actually represent what God has done for us. They're not. It might come close, and it might give you all these gooey feelings inside. Oh, wow, that's so cool. Like, I love my kids. That'd be hard to give them up, right? But it's not, he tried to do that, right? He was like, he's my son. Does that ring a bell, right? Is that working for you? Do you kind of understand what I had to give up? Right? He's my dad. I had to leave him. Do you kind of understand? Right? He's like, you kind of seen it? And there's like, oh, yeah, a little bit, right? Because it's nothing like what we've ever seen. Like, ever. One more story about uh, not getting it. I, uh, I did some training in the, at, on my boat. And uh, <laughs> did some training on my boat. And it was really boring because it was required training. And so it wasn't super fun. But I tried to make it fun for the crew. Uh, and so I put, like, a bunch of jokes and a bunch of memes in the slideshows or whatever. Uh, and it was on, like, uh, it was on, like, safe seafood handling, right? Not a super exciting topic. So like I said, I tried to make it fun. Like, I did, like, a, for mercury poisoning, I did a big Freddie Mercury meme or whatever. Um, and just, like, all this just dumb stuff. 
Um, well, at one point in time, we were talking about tapeworms. Um, tapeworms are yucky, guys. Like, super, absolutely disgusting, right? Gross. And I'm going down the list about, like, points about them. And they can get up to, like, 30 feet long in your digestive tract. I'll stop there, right? Okay, it's super nasty, right? Um, and I'm going down the list of, like, how disgusting and horrible tapeworms are. And my crew is sitting there. And I'm like, during the presentation, I'm like, I'm like, so guys, hold on, this, sorry, this guy's, this is, okay. So during the presentation, I was like, uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, guys, tapeworms are nasty. And I was like, I'm not really sure the words I can use in which to like totally convince you guys that tapeworms are absolutely, absolutely just horrible. And a guy in the front row during the train, he was like, what you just said right there. Like, that is enough. I understand tapeworms equal horrible. Like, I got it. You, you don't have to go any further. Tapeworms are nasty, right? And the same thing is happening right now, right? Like, I don't know the words in which I can use to describe to you how unbelievably insane it is that God loves us. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm at a loss. Sorry, guys, right? Even Jesus tried. He was like, it's like a treasure. In a field. Like, even he tried. He was like, it's, got, it's really insane, guys, right? Because when Jesus came down here, we just have like a really dumb language. And he was dealing with just like absolute Neanderthals, right? Like just completely illiterate people, right? And he's like, okay, using your broken language and your IQ under 80, how in the world can I express to you and describe to you how insane it is that God loves us? And that's what he caught up, came up with. So that's why I'm just going to stick with this because this is what I got. I don't know. So if I'm sticking with this, then this isn't making sense, guys. This isn't making a lot of sense. And I think the reason why, do you remember how I said Larry can't beat it into us? One of the reasons why that is, is because we're not the proper kind of ground. Right? There's the parable of the sower, right? You guys remember that one? Really important part of that parable is that the seed doesn't change throughout the entire parable. It's the same seed. It's that same dumb analogy that we see here in verse 44. It's the, sa it's the same seed. It's this. It doesn't change. The thing that determines whether or not a gigantic, plentiful plant grows is the ground, guys. And that's you and me. That's what determines whether or not a plant grows, is the ground. And, oh, wow, okay, now you're going to ask me, well, I have a question. How do we change our ground? I don't know. I legit kind of wish I did, because I would just kind of wrap it up right about here if I did. I would just kind of give you this little secret and be like, here's how, you, here's how you get some good ground, right? And then you would just go home and become good ground, and we would just take over the world, right? Um, I don't know, though. I actually don't know. And that kind of that kind of bugs me and the reason why i don't know is because in the bible it's really weird in the bible it's not very evident to me who does the pursuing in this relationship i don't really know like i actually don't because i'm going to read like a bunch of we're just going to go down a whole long list of reasons why i'm confused Okay, so God says, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you, right? Okay, 
That's cool. So I have to seek, and, and I'm going to find, and I have to knock, and then he's going to open, right? Okay, well, well, wait a second, Jed. He also says, behold, I stand here at the door and knock. So am I doing the knocking, or is he knocking, right? And then as far as the lostness, right, there's also the lost sheep, and he looks for me. So I seek, and you shall find. So I'm supposed to seek, and then, or is he talking to Jesus? Like, what, what? Right? I'm a little confused, right? Okay, it gets worse, right? Draw nigh unto God, and he shall draw nigh unto you. Okay, that sounds like I'm taking the first step, right? Okay? And then there's also stories like the prodigal son, right? Where the son is returning home, right? But even in that story, it's a paradox. Because even in that story, um, what happens? When the father sees him afar off, he runs to him. So even in that story, there's like running and, and running, and there's like pursuing and pursuing, and finding and finding, and knocking and knocking, right? Like, so I don't know how it works, guys. Because like, if it was just one-sided, like if it just said draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you, then I would just be like, hey guys, you guys, you guys got to go get God, right? But then that doesn't make sense, right? Because God came here. In fact, he physically came here to the earth. He did the most pursuing thing that you can do. And then it gets worse, guys, because it's like, whoa. It gets worse, guys, because like it says that like he's the groom and we're the bride. And then, like, typically, like, the groom pursues the bride, and then, like, he's, like, trying to win her heart, right? But then there's even, like, weird stuff. There's, like, weird stuff in, like, the Song of Solomon, which is, like, definitely about, like, Christ in the church, right? Where, like, the groom is, like, lost, and, like, she has to, like, go out into the city and, like, look for him. And then, like, she's, like, talking to the girls, and, like, hey, where is he? And they're, like, oh, no. And then there's, like, the watchman who, like, I don't know if they, I don't know if they, like, rape her or what. It's not good, right? It's bad stuff that happens there. But she's, like, looking for him, right? So, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, even that analogy kind of leaves me at a loss, right? I don't know who does the pursuing, guys. I really wish I did. It would make this a lot simpler, right? Um, hold on. We're, st we're still going. I got more here. Okay. Dude, even this. So there was a story about a guy who had a son, and he had demons. Bad. Like, he had the demons. It was bad. Like, they were, like, tossing him in the fire and in the water, and he was screaming and, and, like, groveling on the ground. It was, like, not good, right? And so he goes to Jesus because he's just freaking out, and he's just like, man, I heard this guy, and he's just healing people, and he's just casting out demons. Maybe he can help, right? And he gets there, and he's just like, God, help my son. Please, Messiah, help my son, right? He's freaking out, and Jesus says this weird thing to him. He's like, if you have faith, you know, anything's possible. And so this guy's just confused, and he's weirded out, and he's just on his knees, and he's just like, he says, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. Which is a paradox, because he's literally just like, I don't, I don't get this. Like, do I believe, or do you believe? Well, like, whatever. I believe, I guess. Help me believe, because I just said I believe. But what, like, it's just weird. He doesn't even know how to say it, because he's just like, like, I guess I'm supposed to believe you're the one who's powerful, so, like, help me believe. If I don't believe, just in case, I don't know. Even this guy is weirded out by it. He doesn't know how it works. He's like, do I have to go to you and prove to you that I believe? Or do you just magically and supernaturally just place belief in my heart? That's why he said, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Oh, yeah, here's another one. There's straight gate, right? Right? He says, enter in at the straight gate. And that makes it seem like just all of life it's just like an easy trail, and all we have to do is just be intelligent and pick the straight one. And be like, this is what I'm doing. I'm just going to head straight to heaven. And this, 
this path here, right? It seems like it's just all on us, right? Right? And then he says other things, like he says, my sheep hear my voice. Okay, how do we just get in on that? Like, how do I just be your sheep, God? That sounds cool. Like, sign me up. How do I just be one of your sheep that hears your voice? Right? Like, I don't, like, where do I sign? Right? Like, I don't know. Like, how do I get into that? I think I'll stop there, right? Because I think I've, I beat that dead horse, right? I think I've, I've expressed properly that I legit don't know how to just get excited, right? Because he's like, I pursue, but you pursue, but you, I pursue too. Like, and I'm like, okay, God, like, what do I do, right? Just tell me what to do. Like, I don't know what to do, right? And at this point in time, it's kind of, man, at this point in time, it's kind of doom and gloom, right? Um, I won't leave it there. I do have something really cool that God showed me that I want to show you guys. Um, but there's one more thing I want to say before I wrap this up. Um, so, a lot of people over the last 2,000 years, when they've read these verses, like verse 44, and they've read, give away all that you have, right? And then other hard verses. I'll get into other hard verses. Um, I think a big tendency is, is either A, you have to be convicted by it, right? And you have to be like, well, I probably need to sell everything I have. Or B, excuse me, you have to come up with a reason why you don't have to do that, right? You have to, you have to figure out, well, let's look at the Greek, and let's see if we actually mean, like, all our stuff, right? Or like, or, like, another thing is, like, well, maybe it's just spiritual. Maybe you should just, like, spiritually give up, like, the things you have and spiritually give it away, right? Like, so we have to find a reason to rationalize this, right? Okay? And what's kind of nuts, guys, is Jesus actually doesn't do that. I can't find ever. He never lowers the bar to just, like, oh, just do it in your heart. He doesn't say that. And I'm going to give you one of the best examples I have of that. I want you to imagine right now, right now, picture this, guys. There's a guy who comes in. Nobody here has seen him before. He comes in straight down the aisle while I'm preaching, right? And all I do is I say, man, God loves you. And I say that right when he gets up to the front. And as soon as I say that, he drops to his knees and he's bawling. No, none of you guys have seen this guy before. He's bawling. And he says, he says, oh, man. I want to serve God. I'm going to go home and I'm going to sell everything I have. And I'm going to give up everything. And I'm going to move to some, I'm I'm not even going to move. I'm just going to be homeless here in Kodiak. And you guys are just going to see me just passing out food that I supernaturally just pull out of my jacket. Right? Just jacket food. Right? Or when I pass by someone, my shadow is just going to heal them. Or maybe like the shadow is going to pass and there's just going to be a Big Mac meal in their lap or whatever. Like, you're going to see me doing that. I'm going to sell everything I have. I just want to serve Jesus. I just want to give it all. He's saying that. And I'm standing up here like this, right? And then at a certain point in time, he says, but man, my dad just died. And before I go sell everything, I'm going to go bury my dad. Now, I want you to imagine me saying, you're not ready. You can't be, dude, you can't be 
You can't be one of Jesus' disciples. Let dead people bury dead people. Larry would probably step in, <laughs> right, as he should. Larry might be like, ah, uh, so we, we, we're not all like that, right? Let's just, let's talk, right? He might pull him in the back office and bring him to the Lord or something like that, right? Okay? That's what Jesus did, guys. Jesus didn't soften it for anybody. He didn't, see, he didn't say, dude, I'm so excited you want to follow me. Have you heard about that thing where I don't, like foxes have holes, but I don't? And like birds have nests, but I don't. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I heard about that, God. Literally, it's the last thing I want to do is bury my dad. Okay, man, I'm excited. Go bury your dad. In fact, I'll come with you. I'll, sh- I'll show up at the funeral because that sounds hard, right? He didn't say that and then go to your disciples and be like, well, actually, technically speaking, you know, you need to be willing to give you everything. Like, you need to be willing to give up everything. But I don't want to say that because he was like in a really broken place. But he didn't say that. He didn't do that after the fact. He legit, in front of that poor, weeping man who just lost his dad, right? He was legit just like, dude, let dead people bury dead people. You can't be my disciple. Seriously. Jesus never softened it. So guys, one of the things I am, I am determined not to do today is take hard verses like that and soften them for you. Because Jesus didn't. And I want to I say things like he might up here. So I'm not going to soften it. Here's another one I'm not going to soften for you. I told this to my mom uh, two days ago, and she flipped, right? Because she thought I was reading it wrong. Uh, if any man comes to me and doesn't already hate his mother, brother, father, kids, and wife, and brothers and sisters, they can't be my disciple. Hate? Really, God? Right? Notice how in that verse, he didn't say, if you guys aren't willing to hate. He didn't say that, guys. Go back and read. Well, I, I don't, yeah, I can find it. It's in there. <laughs> um, he didn't say willing to hate, guys. He said hate. I don't know why. And, and I even just talked to my mom. She was like, well, I think it's like, like a spiritual hater. No, that doesn't sound right. Like she, like she was like trying to like work through it, right? Because how do you reconcile something like that? I'm supposed to hate my wife and my kids? What? That's nuts. That doesn't make sense. He didn't soften that one. And you know what? I actually appreciate it. Because I'll let you on a little secret. That actually sounds super biblical to me. To hate your whole family, including your wife and your kids. You know why? We're going to do a hypothetical, and then we're going to do an actual story. Hypothetical story, today, I go AWOL from the Coast Guard. I sell everything that is physical in my house, other than the clothes on my kids and my back. And then I take my whole family to Costa Rica, right? And we live in a mud hut, and I preach to people, and I pull jacket food out of my jacket, right? Or actually, no, I don't have a jacket because when someone stole my jacket, I gave them my shirt too. So I just, I don't know where it's coming from, but I'm just pulling food, right, out of nowhere and just hand it to people, right? Okay, I'm doing that in Costa Rica. It could be said, if you told that, if you went home, Steve, you're Steve, right? Sorry. <laughs> hey, Steve. This is Steve, everyone. Uh, if Steve went home and he told a buddy of his, maybe someone who's not a really strong Christian, yeah, there was this guy at our church and he just gave this like horribly weird message, and then he just sold everything, he went AWOL, I'm like, whatever. The person he tells that story to, they may say, wow, he must hate his kids. He must hate his wife. 
he must hate his whole family for never being willing to talk to them again. There's no, there's no cell service. He doesn't have a cell phone, so he's not going to talk to his mom ever again. He must hate his mom. Actually sounds really biblical, guys. Here, we'll do an actual story, right, instead of a hypothetical one. How about that thing that Abraham did to his son Isaac? And I'm not talking about the thing he almost did, because that was just straight psychotic, right? Like, the thing he almost did was insane, right? I'm talking about the thing he actually did, which is legit tie his son up and be like, I'm going to kill you, son, right? And, like, hold the fire and the wood while I, while I hold, sharpen my knife or whatever. Like, that was messed up, right? Kind of traumatizing. If I did that to one of my kids, they would probably grow up as, like, a serial killer or something weird like that, right? Like it's not cool what he did to his poor son, right? And in fact, if you tell that story to an unbeliever, they say, wow, Abraham must have hated his kid. And you know what? Yeah, he, well, according to, the, according to the world's eyes, yeah, he actually did completely hate his kid. So you know what? When God says, hey, if you don't hate your kids, not if you aren't willing, he says, if you don't already hate your whole family, you are not ready to be my disciple, he didn't soften it. He just left it there. And you know what Jesus, you know what happened, right? When Jesus said really hard things like that, a lot of people left. A lot of people. Remember that one time where he was at Capernaum, right? And there was all those people showed up because they heard he fed a bunch of people and they were hungry and freeloaders, right? And they wanted some food. And he sh- they showed up and he's, he knew it. He was just like, man, these guys are just here because they heard that I fed people. Right, and so he started actually telling them real kingdom stuff, right, instead of just cute little parables. He's like, okay, we're getting in the nitty-gritty today, right? And he started to say stuff like, hey, man, if you don't eat my body and drink my blood, you can't be one with me. Like, in order to actually make it to heaven, you've got to drink my blood and eat my body. Just weird stuff like that, right? And people were like, ooh, this is a hard saying. Who can receive it? That's what they said. This is weird Right? And a bunch of them left. It said a bunch of people left. Right? So that's what happens when we start saying really hard, icky, sticky stuff. Um, you, know, you know, it's really funny, too, because a lot of the really hard sayings like that actually come from Jesus. Right? Like hating your kids and your family, selling everything you have. Right? And he says, like, hey, dude, I don't have, well, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but I don't have a house, right? Or how about that one guy where he's, like, he thought he made the cut, right? And he's, like, I've been watching you for a while. I think I have what it takes to get into heaven. What do I need? What else do I need? He's, like, well, dude, love the God, or obey all the commandments and love the God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, right? He says, I've done that. And he's, like, oh, yeah, then give everything you have away for the poor. That was that guy's line, right? That's where he was, like, man. And he walked away sad because he was rich, walked away sad. And then Jesus said that hard thing. He was like, yeah, um, basically it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to get into heaven. Right? And it's just like, like, like Peter was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Oh, that's my thing. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. Right? Um, he's like, oh, okay. You know, he's just like, oh, I guess I can't. Right? And they were kind of weirded out by that. And they asked about it later. They're like, okay, what does this mean exactly? Who is going to make it into heaven? Because I, I have a shirt. And yeah, um, right? Jesus is the one that said a lot of those hard things. And, and so, so today, I'm determined not to soften them for you. Because Jesus did it. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give you guys the outlet to just spiritualize them, right? And that's really hard for me to say. I can't tell if that's my wife. No, no, there she is. She's not looking at me. That's really hard for me to say because my wife is back there. 
And um, I'm up here telling you guys that you need to go home and sell everything you have, right? Um, and I probably won't do that. Right? I really wish I could because I think that'd be really cool. And I think there'd be some, I actually might, like I've never seen some crazy miracles in my life, but I actually might start seeing them, right? had this conversation with my, mo- my mom. I talk a lot with my mom, but whatever. I don't care. Um, a couple days ago, and um, she was bugging me about my adoption because I bugged her about a pastor she enjoys listening to. There's this one guy she listens to on YouTube, and I told her, I was like, Mom, I can't listen to him. Like, I just can't even hear the word he's saying because of the fact that right below all of his videos are mugs with, like, his title on them. And I was like, Mom, like, ugh. I'm just like, I have a really hard time, Mom, because I'll be honest, Mom. I can't listen to him because I don't feel like God or Jesus would sell coffee mugs. I just don't think he would do it. I, he probably would have a YouTube channel, maybe. Maybe even not. Maybe that would be too connected for him, right? Like, he was more like, hang out in, like, some random field and eat ears of corn and stuff. Like, that was kind of his department. Or just leave for 40 days and just, like, don't be with anybody or, like, dunk yourself in some dirty pool, right? Or uh, a river, right? Like, that was kind of his deal, right? He might have had YouTube videos today, right? But if he did, I just, I don't know. I don't think he would sell coffee mugs, Right? Would we say, like, what would Jesus do on it? Or, whatever, like, with big corny, like, ooh, or something like, I don't know. Like, it's just stupid. Like, I don't think he would sell coffee mugs. And so I told that to my mom. And then she was like, she came right back at me. And she was like, well, you sold T-shirts for your adoption. Right? And I was like, yeah, I absolutely did. And I told my mom this. I think the reason why I sold T-shirts for my adoption, we're really excited, by the way. We really are. And thanks, everybody, for the support. Um, but the reason why I sold t-shirts for my adoption is because um, if God told me to go out onto the pier where my boat is tied up, not currently, because I'm ditching out on their, their under, underway time. Anyways, whatever. Um, but if I walked out on the pier where my boat should be tied up and God said, hey, um, I want you to drop a line and you're going to pull up a fish, and inside is going to be a check with all the money for the adoption. If he told me to do that, I actually don't think I'd have the faith to do it. And so I was talking to my mom, and I said, so mom, there's two options. You're giving me two options, guys. There's, there's only two. Either A, God doesn't want to do miracles like he did back then in this, in Acts. He doesn't want to do miracles like that today. For whatever reason, he doesn't feel like it, or it's too, too much work, or I don't know, whatever. That's option number one. Or option number two, you and I don't have enough faith to follow through with him on those miracles. Guess which one I'm going with, guys? I'm going with option number two. If you guys told me that, well, actually, I just don't think God wants to work that way anymore. Like, I, just, I, just, I think he wants to use more people now. Like, whatever. Okay, okay, cool, right? Yeah, that's, I don't believe that. I believe that I don't have enough faith to go out onto that pier and drop a line for my 47,000 or whatever that we needed for our adoption. It came in, praise God, right? Um, but I don't believe that I have enough faith. I think I would probably say, can't we just tell, sell t-shirts? To God, right? Because it's, 
kind of easier. Right? Those are the only two options, guys. Either he just doesn't want to work like that, and he just doesn't want to do miracles like that, and he doesn't want just fire to come down in this room right now, and all of a sudden there's little little flames above each one of our heads, and we just start speaking in tongues and just start saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, worthy is the Lamb that was slain, who was and is and is to come, like right those beasts, like those beasts that are around his throne right now. Either A, he just doesn't want to do that, and I don't know why he wouldn't want to do that, because that sounds awesome, and I want that. I don't know why he wouldn't want to do that. Either A, God doesn't want to do that today or b we don't have enough faith and i think we don't have enough faith guys so that's why the title of my message is i don't think we get it because i don't think we get it because i think that is there and i think it's it's there for the taking and i think he wants to give it and i think he wants to break these windows right now and rush in like a mighty win and take over the heart and soul and life of everybody in this room. I think he wants to do that, guys. And I think the only reason why he is not is the same reason why he didn't do miracles in Capernaum. It's because they had little faith. Because they had little faith. Why doesn't he do that with me? It's because, man, I want to... I want to give Jed Ford all of the things. He wants to see actual miracles. I wanted to give him his money out of the fish. Man, how cool would have that been? And mom, my mom even said a couple days ago, she was like, then people would have thought, this is open. Then people would have thought you were weird. And I was like, oh yeah, heaven forbid that, that people think I'm weird. They'd almost think like I was like some crazy guy who eats like locusts and honey and like dunks people in dirty rivers. Or I don't know, maybe even someone who takes a whip and runs through the temple and just like rips open the whole temple. Yeah, I would hate for them to think that I'm a weirdo, right? I don't think that's a solid reason. That's kind of, it's kind of dumb. So here it is, guys. I think you guys are ready for it. I mean, I wish I was ready for it. How do we make that happen then? Right? Because remember her earlier? I said, it's kind of stupid because I don't know if I pursue God or he pursues me. I don't know how. Remember how I was talking about that earlier, guys? Here's how it works. So, there was that one time, right, when he told that story about eating blood and drinking his, or drinking his blood and eating his body, right? And a bunch of people left. The people who he did miracles that to the people who he did miracles like that with were the people who, when he turned to them and he said, hey, are you going to leave too? He turned to his 12 disciples. He said that, and everyone's like, this is a hard saying. Who can receive it? And they turned to his 12, and he said, hey, are you going to leave? Right? Do you know what Peter said? Who knows what Peter said? If you can say it, Ed, who, what did he say? Where are we going to go? That's what he said. He was like, you have the words of life. Just wait, where, where are we going to go? Right? Those are the people that God ends up using. So today, you know how you make that magic happen? And you know how you just get it? Like that guy with the treasure? All you have to say is, where am I going to go? You have the words of life, God. That's all he needs from you guys right now. That's all he needs from me. 
is for us to just say, I don't get it. He wants us to say, I don't get it, God. I want to get it. Help me get it. And then somehow, magically, one day, these windows are going to break. And these windows are the windows to your soul. And you're just going to get it. And I'm not questioning people's salvation right now. That's not what's happening, right? I'm saying that Jesus said this is how we're supposed to respond when we got that salvation. And every Sunday, I'm sitting there comatose. And so I don't think I really get it. There's one more story. Jesus says the parable of the sower, right, which is really weird and really cryptic. And then Jesus says this magical thing to his disciples after they approach him. He says the parable of the sower. No one gets it. People are just like, this guy's poetic. He should write songs, right? Some people are just like, I don't know what that was about, right? Like, no one gets it, right? And then people just walk away. But his disciples, his 12, walked up to Jesus after he gave the parable of the sower. And they're like, what was that? I don't get it. I don't get it. Help me get it. I want to get it. It'll just help me. Help me. I want to get it. Help me get it. And then do you know what he says to him? This is the magical thing that I want everybody in this room to hear from God right now. He says, oh man, it makes him smile. He's like, you guys really want to know what it means, don't you? To you, it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That's what he says to them. And all they had to do to get God to tell him, tell them that was I don't get it. I don't understand what that all meant. (sighs) Help me understand what it meant, because I don't get it. That's all they had to say. And then he turns to them and he says, man, yes, yes. To you it is given to know the, the, the secrets of the kingdom of God. To you. So God, I want to come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that we would admit to ourselves, Lord Jesus, that we don't actually get it because because the stories you describe here in this word are not how I respond when Larry says Jesus loves you. They're not how I respond. And so I'm left with no other option but then knowing I don't get it, God. I don't get it and I want to get it. In Jesus' name, God. I pray that your holy fire would come down and that somehow as people sit in the pews right now and just admit in their hearts that they don't get it, that you would help them get it, God. Please, Lord Jesus, that they would just be like, I don't get it, God. And that as soon as they say that, they would hear you whisper, to you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven of God. Please, Lord Jesus, tell us Let us know whatever that takes, whatever we have to give up, whatever we have to sacrifice. In Jesus' precious name, please help us get it. In Jesus' precious name, amen.